Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm sitting down with another Denver-based entrepreneur to talk about their entrepreneur journey, what led them here, what mistakes they've made. And I love these episodes because there's so many great businesses here in Colorado that we really wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to know more about if it wasn't for a moment of chance that our two paths have crossed. So I'm sitting down with Chad Hattersbeck, and he is going to talk to us about his journey into entrepreneurship. And he's been helping entrepreneurs to stop eating the microphone. What the heck am I talking about here? This is something that is so cool for us that are utilizing podcasting, or if you're a musician, this is a really neat tool. And Chad and I actually met each other here at Shift Workspaces. My office is at Shift Workspaces. Chad comes in all the time. We started talking one day, I believe, over one of the uh, networking happy hours that Shift has here. And he started talking to me about this really cool tool. And I said, all right, Chad, you got to come on my show, uh, Rocky Mountain Marketing. He said, this sounds amazing. Should I come in and do it in person? And I said, no, no, no. Go do it from home so we can see the tool. I want to see this this uh, mic trainer in action. Yep. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see this amazing little little dongle that is changing the way that <laughs> musicians, I, 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 I don't know, a little, a little kickstand for your chin. No, yeah, that works. That a little, works. A, little, that a works. chin, a chin stand. Um, <laughs> and so Chad, talk to us just a little bit about what brought you here to Colorado in the first place. And then we'll talk into going down the world of being an entrepreneur because man, that is, it is quite a journey being an entrepreneur. And I feel like everyone's journey is a little bit different. So what brought you here to Colorado? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, uh, thanks, Katie, for having me on uh, officially. I, I'm pretty sure if anyone's watched this video, you've seen me walk by in the background. Uh, <laughs> I walk by her office all the time while there's a podcast going on. So I've probably been on once before uh, <laughs> in that capacity. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, Go and, uh, yeah, Born and raised. <laughs> and I uh, went to school at Michigan State. Uh, started working in communications, advertising, and worked there in uh, the Detroit area for a couple of years, lived in, in Texas for seven years, just following my career and um, eventually moved to Denver about uh, 10 years ago. Um, just it was time for a new spot. Uh, my brother, who uh, had been living in Dallas, um, where I was living at the time, uh, moved here. He followed Jack Kerouac's lead and uh, and loved Denver and wanted to move here. And we played a lot of music at the at the time and still do. I uh, wasn't ready to to break up the band, uh, so to speak. And uh, so I followed up here and uh, spent most of my time working in advertising here. But um, outside of that, you know, we uh, we played played a lot of open mics, um, figured out how to play music together. We're about five years uh, apart in age. 
Um, and, uh, that's really, I, th- I think him and I getting together as adults and figuring out how to play music together was really the impetus for, for following this creative journey. And, you know, I, I guess like lighting that fire, you need passion to, to be able to pursue anything like this. So, my, you know, my career has always been in advertising and marketing and, uh, the pandemic hit and I happened to, I, I actually was, um, not working, but right before the pandemic hit, I had just left a job and, was taking the holidays off and thought, oh, I'm just going to, this is the end of 2019. I'll just wait until the next year and then I'll start looking for a job. Uh, You know, I got Thanksgiving. I'm going to travel for Christmas and, you know, I'm fine. I'll be good. I've got a great resume and it won't take me that long. Well, sure enough, the next year the pandemic hits and, uh, you know, a lot of people are out of jobs and I'm trying to figure out my next step and I'm having difficulty just getting a call back. You know, I've got, I I have what I think is a, a pretty, uh, is a strong resume. If I, uh, if I looked at my resume, I'd go, great. You know, this, he's worked at some res- reputable places, reputable shops, helped them achieve success, you know, um, usually stays at companies, you know, long, you know, long tenures, you know, I think last gig I was working for seven years there. So about summertime rolled around and I went, oh, you know, I just, I had gotten to the final two of a job and didn't, and, and didn't get hired. And, um, and I was feeling a little bit like, you know, despair, or, you know, down on myself. But, and I, I thought, you know what? No, you know, like this, maybe this is an opportunity for me. You know, I don't like to say everything happens for a reason. I like to say there's opportunity in everything. Right. And I went, maybe there's an opportunity for me to, to bet on myself, to, to pursue something like some of my favorite quotes, two of my favorite quotes. I feel like I'm on a soapbox here already. So just feel free to interject at any time. <laughs> <laughs> two of my favorite quotes. One is from a silly like 1990s movie called The Edge. And Anthony Hopkins is giving a rousing speech and he says, what one man can do, another can do. And he's saying this to Alec Baldwin. There, there's a bear trying to eat them and they're going to kill this bear. But this is his quote. And I always, that, that has always stuck with me. What one man can do, another can do. And another is uh, by Steve Jobs, and I'll kind of paraphrase. He basically said, everything in this world, everything that you look, everything that you can see was created by somebody with no more talent than than you or I, right? And those kind of things always have, have stuck in my head, and I'd always had a lot of different, you know, random business ideas. Oh, maybe I could do this or that, and never, never done anything with them. So this all kind of coalesced in the pandemic time, and I went, Maybe, you know, this is the time, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bet, bet on myself, you know, believe in these like things that I have always ingrained in me and like finally find one of these, you know, when that little voice goes, Oh, why don't they just, why don't they make something like this? Or why don't they do something like that? And I'd always wanted, I actually had a different idea in music. So I started pursuing that and that led me actually to the mic trainer, which you might not have noticed is actually on my microphone right now. It's this little guy. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a musician and, uh, if you're anywhere near microphones at any time, you've probably heard you're not supposed to eat the mic, right? Eating the microphone is putting your lips right on the grill. (laughs) It changes the sound for everybody. Okay. The way that these microphones are designed, the way they're they're designed is, uh, the closer you get, they're going to roll the bass up a little bit and roll off the treble. And that's going to limit some of your plosives, right? That's what that foam cover on your microphone does, right? It's going to limit some of those hard P's, hard T's. Um, so the microphones are just doing their job. What I noticed though, is I was always eating the mic and I, and I, when I knew I wasn't supposed to, right. I was going, well, wait, why am I doing this? And, you know, I'd be playing at band practice with the mates and I just go, you know, why don't they just make something? I, I think I just physically need to know where the microphone is. That's why I'm always eating it. Right. Like I'm not an amazing guitarist. So I'm very often kind of looking down at my guitar to see what my fingers are doing. Um, 
really ADD. Uh, so I've literally been, you know, I'll be up on stage. And sometimes if I don't close my eyes, I'm going, oh, hey, look, Katie's here. Like, oh, I wonder what drink that is that she ordered. And like, oh, who did she bring? Like, do I know that person? They kind of look familiar. And like, <laughs> and I'm literally singing a song. <laughs> I go, dude, you're on stage singing a song. And, you know, like, pay attention to what you're doing, you know? So, so I figured out, okay, this isn't a knowledge gap. It's not that I don't know I'm not supposed to eat the mic. It's that I needed a physical guide of where it was so that I could do these other things and pay attention and have a good show, right? Like me, for me, like closing my eyes, like helps me feel like I'm in the moment. Like I'm just expressing myself and not caring what I look like or what's going on. It's, it's helping me to feel these things. And so I don't want to pull that out of, you know, like what I do on stage or, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to change myself due to the fact that there just isn't a physical guide that, you know, make sure that I don't close my eyes. And then when I open them back up, figure out I've drifted off four inches, yeah. <laughs> completely changing the sound for everybody in the audience. Right? Yeah. So uh, I made this little guy, the mic trainer, and I'll try and do it kind of quietly. So I'm not uh, messing with the microphone too much. Uh, this little guy, two part. Dropped it. <laughs> two parts, one nice uh, stretchy silicone band. Okay. So it fits just about any performance microphone. And uh, this little, uh, what did you say, dongle? I, I, yeah, yeah uh, when I said like a, a, a chin stand, like a little kickstack. Oh, a chin stand. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You like a kickstand. <laughs> yeah, like okay. a kickstand for your chin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. So yeah, they just fit together, and uh, this will go on to just about any performance microphone. And uh, one thing that I had to figure out was, you know, well, what kind of contact do I want here, right? Like, I don't want to poke my eye out or, yeah. or even have something that's too, um, you know, too noticeable. Like people are going, what the hell is that on that guy's microphone? Or, you know, some musicians are a little bit self-conscious and they don't want to go, Oh, like I need an aid to help me use a microphone. You yeah. know? So I thought this was going to be a training device and I'd go, Oh, well this little guy. And right now I'm kind of putting it on my, on my chin here. When I'm playing music, I typically put it a little bit um, in this area between my lip and my uh, and my chin, a little where your soul patch might grow if you're uh, if a guy, or, or or maybe girls have soul patches growing. I don't know. Uh, whatever your deal is, um, so that's kind of the nice little area, and it feels nice and comfortable. And what it turned out is, it wasn't a training aid for me. I just liked using it, so I use it all the time. I play shows with this. Okay, so not only were you given the opportunity to invent something, now you had to try and grow a business around your invention. That sounds yeah. like a very daunting task. And, you know, you, you mentioned too that here you were at a point where you have a resume that speaks for itself. Uh, you, you shouldn't have, but you're going through a, a global pandemic. So you decide to invent a tool to help musicians, podcasters, anyone that's using a microphone get that perfect placement of where they should be speaking into it. But now you have to grow a business around that. And if you thought that just like sending out resumes was hard, like this seems like it'd be an entirely different battle to take on. So I guess let's just talk for anyone that's listening right now that's ever thought like, wouldn't it be cool if I had this thing? I wouldn't even know how to go about creating it. I wouldn't even know how to go about like inventing it, but I think it'd be really cool. I have this great idea. How did you go from, I don't know what to do. No one's hiring me to, I have a great idea to now 
here you are using it, selling it and growing a business around it. Uh, well, it was a, a little bit of a, a roundabout journey, I would say. As I mentioned, I, I had a different idea in the music space that, that I will still uh, pursue in the future here um, now that I have a little bit of experience under my belt. Um, so I was pursuing uh, that idea and I was I was talking to a, a vocal coach that I had worked with um, previously, you know, as a as a singer. I'm a, a, a singer in a band as well as a guitar player, obviously. Um it's an indie band, and, uh, right? I had, an indie indie, what's mu- that? indie music, right? What's the name of your band? Uh, yeah, in the Denver area, it's called Goodnight Freeman. All right. Um, we, we play out around Denver. We're actually looking for a drummer right now. So if you're a really talented drummer uh, looking to join an established uh, established band, yeah. uh, hit us up. We'll, we'll talk about my contact info at the end, end here. But um, So I'm talking with a vocal coach and uh, about this other idea. And as a throw-in, and I'm like, oh, and then I got this like little Mike Trainer idea that I want to go, and she's just like floored. She goes, "That's it. That's that's got to be it. It's more universal uh, than the previous idea." You're like I hate when people eat the microphone. Yeah, any sound tech will tell you. I think I left it out previously, and I'm gonna bookmark where I was real quick to just do an, an aside. Is um, anyone could tell you that when there's something touching your lips like a mask per se, we all experienced that the last two or three years, you start to mumble as well, right? So if you put your lips right on that grill, you're going to start to you know, not move them quite as much, you're going to start to mumble a little bit. So add that to no trouble being on there. And, you know, sound engineers hate when people eat the mic, right? So uh, you've been to a show where you can't understand what the, the singer is saying. So that's oftentimes what's going on. Anyways, circling back here. So I went, okay, that's the idea. Um, I'm not an amazing designer. I, I, I took some design courses in college, but you know, my course in marketing and advertising was uh, more on the strategy side. Um, and uh, so, you know, I did some rudimentary, it starts with just pencil drawings, whatever you can do and just trying to make it right. You know, I've made this thing out of coat hangers, um, out of just anything that I could find, you know, trying to cut some plastic apart and you know i ordered you know similar things stuff that might attach to a microphone but have a different idea or a different um use uh so i you know shopped around and eventually kind of got to all right this is what i think it's going to look like and i uh i I found a a 3d printer here um in in denver uh actually it's 3d denver 3d printing company um adam zimmer over there shout out um, and I took my rudimentary designs and he actually used to be a patent examiner. So he helps people, you know, invent little things. So I would go sit in his office and I'd show him this mic trainer used to look like this little like hula skirt. You know, I kind of wanted it to have multiple little arms out and, you know, he had the experience to go, okay, this is a good idea. This might be harder to manufacture this way. So we, um, found a, a simpler expression of it. And I've got the graveyard here actually. This whole box, let's see if we can see these. These are all former prototypes. <laughs> and actually, I pulled the very first one out. This was 3D printed, this little, this little guy. Didn't work worth it. Eventually got down to this little guy here. And this was a uh, more hard plastic. Uh, this guy's still nice and flexible, but uh, the attachment point, wasn't quite as good. It works really nicely with the SM58, but you get any other type of microphone and it, it, it would like slide down. If the angle wasn't right, it just didn't work as well. So I went down to some other ideas and figured out, okay, I need a more flexible strap. You know, maybe it's going to be uh, this little guy here with uh, different attachment points and sizing. And uh, Adam helped me out. He goes, no, no, the silicone is made so that you can stretch it out. Let's just use the material, right? So we 3D printed all of these and um, 
eventually got to a point where I went, okay, I'm ready to manufacture. And um, I had taken some Denver startup courses and uh, through some networking found out, okay, how do I find a manufacturer? You know, sourced some here um, in, in the States, I should say. And um, if anybody's manufactured something, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to manufacture in the U.S. right now. It really is. It's about 10, 10 times as expensive. So I figured out um, through some networking and through referrals, a manufacturer in uh, Shanghai, actually, who, you know, was able to create the molds for me and send me some tests over and, you know, test out some different materials. So I'm working with somebody. And this is still in the pandemic. You know, this I had to figure out patent processes, you know, where patent pending should be full patent really any minute now. I think they said May was their estimate. So must be running a little bit behind. But Gosh, I, I, there, there's a lot of other things, you know, I don't want to dive too deeply into it. You know, I'm figuring out packaging. I recently got my retail packaging in. Look at that. That's awesome. You recognize that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that, so you said you went to Denver Startup Week and you met a lot of people that were willing to help, willing to just give you different ideas. And was it Denver Startup Week or did you go to another networking event? A uh, little of both, actually. Um, I, I took a program called Co-Starters, um, and it was offered through some a Denver like small business uh, help type organization, DDO, I believe it is, Denver Economic Development Organization, I would guess it, that is. Took that course, um, and I, I, part of it, towards the end of it, Denver Startup Week was happening and they have a physical product showcase. So I did, I got to have a physical booth there with, you know, some mic trainers and show it to some people. So get, got to do some networking through there. And it was actually one of the other, um, one of the other members actually, uh, who you either are having on soon or have already had on Brad, uh, from Finding Nectar Nursery, uh, was, you know, he was somebody I was asking around, Hey, does anybody have any manufacturing contacts? And he had a family friend who was, you know, Oh, well, this guy, used to manufacture stuff in China all the time. So he was the one who, you know, hooked me up with my current manufacturer. So that's cool. Just asking for help, asking around, Hey, I don't know this. I could, you know, Google is endless. The internet is endless, right? Or, or if anyone's found the end, let me know. And, you know, I often suffer from analysis paralysis, right? Like I'll research and research and research and like, Oh, this one's close. This one, you know, but what about this? What about that? And then you, a week has gone by and you haven't mm-hmm. made a decision. Right. And you know, one of the, Another quote that I like is, uh, you know, don't be perfect, be done, right? So something I really try to embrace is if I don't know something, first I'll ask, ask my network. Somebody will probably have done this research and then also have a personal experience with whatever end result it was and can go, this was great, or I would look out for this. So, you know, oftentimes those little shortcuts of just you know, talking to people you trust, um, having people around you that ha- are doing things like this and then following what they what they say you know as a often solo solopreneur and i've had people help i don't want to say that i've done everything myself by any means but oftentimes it's just me sitting here by myself and um it can be really hard to make that final decision oftentimes so just kind of coming up with some frameworks for yourself that forces you to move forward as opposed to getting stalled out on one you know oftentimes very trivial part of 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 your journey um is important at least for me well, and I think that that is something that as entrepreneurs, we get stuck in that. We want it to be perfect because nobody's going to care about our business as much as we do. No matter who we hire or who we bring in, no one's going to care as much as we do. And so you do get that analysis paralysis. What, what is, would you say has been one of the biggest 
ways that you've been over to been able to overcome that hurdle of getting not working worrying about all right is this perfect let's just get this done and is that always the best route to go when I first got to Denver early in, in my early years and, and Joe, my brother and I were playing around some open mics. We wanted to start a band. Um, all we had is like iPhone recordings of like us playing at open mic coming around to answer your question. Sometimes I'll sign myself up for something in the future and just go, all right, I don't need more time. What I need is a deadline. You know, it's, Duke Ellington said that, right? So yeah. like, I loved how that worked out for us because we went, okay. Uh, you know, our friend John ended up playing bass for us and, a week before the show, um, you know, a drummer friend of ours was like, yeah, I can sit on the show with you. Let's just get one or two practices in. And so we played and like inside of a month, we played a show as a full band. Right. So putting yourself into some of these like situations, I find like can kind of help you, you know, ha- give you that nudge. And, and an example is I uh, signed up to go to uh, North American Music Merchants show. Uh, it's called NAM. Anybody uh and the music industry knows what NAM is. It's kind of the, uh, like the, the, the Oscars, the Super Bowl, the big event. Oh, sorry. The big game, uh, <laughs> the big event for the music industry. People go there to launch products and you have, you know, Taylor and Gibson and all these huge companies, you know, launching super expensive guitars. I bought a booth, just forked over the money, bought a booth. It was like, okay. Don't really have a product to sell right now. Um, you know, uh, the manufacturer was still shut down. Uh, wasn't able to, they got me 10, 10 prototypes before, <laughs> before they had to shut down. So I went to this show where people, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of people, um, displaying their awesome products and I've got 10 in the world <laughs> and I'm just showing it to people going, does anybody like this? Do you guys think this is good? <laughs> and people are stopping. I have a video. It's on the website, MikeTrainer.com. Uh, I have a compilation of everybody's reactions there. And it was just, you know, people stopped. This is brilliant. You know, this is the this is the coolest thing that we've seen at this show. This is the most unique. Oh, my gosh. People need to stop eating the mic. And, you know, it was just a learning point and also a great, like, confidence builder, you know, yeah. because I'm sure you know. Katie, as an entrepreneur yourself, like you go through these times where you imposter syndrome comes up or, you know, I'm stupid or I'm, uh, you know, man, that wasn't a good decision or why is this taking so long? Or you know, just really it's it's easy to get down on yourself, particularly if you don't have like a strong network of people around you all the time yes. you know, giving you that positive reinforcement. So just kind of forcing yourself into some of these uncomfortable situations, at least for me, like has helped to foster growth to, you know, get over that fear of like, is this a good decision or not? It's just, just make it and see what happens. Might, maybe it won't be a good decision, but oftentimes like this world that you're building in your head of the worst possible scenarios, right? You know, and that's what's going on in your head. And I got there and I'm setting up the booth, you know, before there's people that are let in. It's just me and this huge, like I'd never been to NAM. you know, it's in the Anaheim Convention Center. So there's just like you know, thousands of different tables and areas and halls and like people walking around everywhere and setting up fancy stuff. And I'm still just like, Oh my God, imposter syndrome's going crazy right now. Like I'm not supposed to be here. So like up until the very first people walked up and I got to tell them what it was, I was still thinking, get ready to be embarrassed. Three days of embarrassment. Here it comes. And then like, it was complete opposite. It just totally energized me for months after that people wanted to buy, you know, I had these silly shirts, stop eating the mic. People wanted to buy the shirts. They wanted to buy, you know, the prototypes that, you know, I had nine at that point. I think I even lost one short story long of just, you know, kind of forcing myself into 
overcoming some of these analysis paralysis things has helped me to, I think, um, move forward. Yeah. And I think that with all of this, you went from, hey, I think this is a great idea to then going to this huge music conference saying, does anyone else think that this is a good idea? To, yeah, it is. Here you are. You have your packaging. How are you? I mean, you've been doing a lot of bootstrap marketing right now. You know, you're going out to these events saying, hey, this is my idea. What do you think? Do you want to try it? You know, do you want to buy it? What are you seeing work as far as marketing right now, now that you have the packaging, now that the prototype is done, like you've been doing all of the buildup to this, what marketing is working for you to get this, this microphone tester out to the public? Sure. Um, well, NAM is, uh, has been so far the, the, the best thing. Sold dozens and dozens of units there, just right there on the spot. As, as a roundabout way to answer, so NAM has worked out really well. You know, some traditional methods, you know, which is event marketing, um, building up an email list. You know, when when I do an email blast, I usually get a few sales from those. And you know, I'm I'm kind of in the crawl crawl walk run, right? Like I have a day job, and I struggle as an entrepreneur finding enough time to to focus. You know, if, if I was doing this nine to five, or you know, this was my sole way of, of making money right now, I think I'd be a lot farther along. So. On the marketing side, you know, I often feel you know that I'm um, maybe neglecting it in favor of, well, you know, packaging is obviously a form of marketing, but you know, I need packaging to get it into retail. To you know, I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to figure out taxes, how to pay sales tax, and when to pay sales tax. I need to figure out. Um, you know, how to build a, you know, a wholesale program so that I can have retailers. So I need to figure out the music industry and figure out, okay, how do people get stuff into a music store? Oh, there's a whole network of distributors. Oh, and there's manufacturer reps. So I feel a lot of these things are really kind of taking the focus away from marketing, but I like to try and think about the long-term game, right? Like my trainer for me is something that I want to make sure is flourishing five years from now. Um, in order to do that, sometimes I have to be a little bit patient and I haven't gotten to spend as much time on marketing. Um, right now, I've been doing a lot of just organic social marketing, finding uh, finding those profiles, finding my hashtags, finding what's getting responses, uh, making sure my website is yeah. you know, something that can convert a sale. And again, you know, I think that's one of these points. Hey, I'm coming on a marketing podcast. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about beforehand is like, I've not been doing a good job of marketing. You know, I've been getting bogged down in a lot of these other stuff. So I think, you know, for me, this is another one of those. Let's take a jump forward, right? You know, like I, Katie <laughs> is an expert in marketing and pr- probably can shoot a whole bunch of holes in what I've been doing, right? Like the, yeah. the, the pop or the, the cobbler's <laughs> kids have no shoes, right? Is, is what they always say, right? Is like, I've not been making shoes for my little baby brand and putting them out there as much as I could be. But so for right now, it's a lot of the traditional blocking and tackling stuff that I've had to do. But, you know, I would say like, that's, that's, that's the good start of any marketing, right? Is like mm-hmm. making sure you can make a conversion, right? You know, I could make an awesome video or a viral video and they get to the website. And if it looks like, you know, <laughs> an unprofessional, you know, th- I'm not going to make a purchase here, or I have to even, you know, leave a social platform to make this purchase. Um, you know, making, making sure that those yeah, conversion funnels are set up is I think been important for me lately. And now when I do reach out the somewhat few occasions that I have been, we're seeing those conversions happening, I think, because, you know, I've been doing that background work. And I think that, too, with what you're doing, getting the product out there in front of people so that they can see it, they can touch it, they can 
see what, what hear your story and the passion that you have behind it is is essential. And the, the fact that you're coming on a podcast right now using the tool, it's going to I mean, every for people that are just listening, they can hear well, he sounds really good. You know, he, he, it sounds like he's speaking into the microphone at the right spot. He's not, you know, moving around, talking over here. He's speaking right where he should be. And there's this is the type of marketing of seeing the product in action that I think is is going to help with all of your marketing efforts. And well, and they're all great learning experiences, exactly. right? You know, so I go out to I was out I went to Nam a second time. Uh, this was in April, I guess it was. And um, the very first guy I met there, uh, his nickname's Chef, but he's in Live Sound. He's done some you know really big Live Sound uh, events, and he goes, I'm, of course, wearing my T-shirt, <clears throat> which was you know came out of the first Nam, right? Like I noticed people go, oh, that's a great idea, but then they go, oh, well, that's a great T-shirt. I want to buy that, and I made like a handful the week before because I'm like, oh, I should have something to at least wear at my booth, right? Um, so each one of these things was like this learning event that added to it. So this live sound guy goes, oh, Mike Trainer, I know about that. I go, how? He goes, I don't know. Somebody had one. And I had given away a handful at the previous NAM. So, you know, they're getting seeded out there into, and I'm learning what, what in- industries are even interested, right? Like for me, uh, I think any marketer, it, it's really easy to fall into like, well, all of my customers are going to be like me, right? They're going to be a DIY, do-it-yourself musician, um, who's probably playing open mics, you know, playing the local clubs, you know, not getting tons and tons of stage time, practicing whatever, but, you know, needs a practice aid that's not too expensive. This thing retails right now for 15 bucks. Well, it's on sale for 15 bucks right now. It'll eventually be $20. It's a but, deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's at least half the price of 30 minutes with a vocal coach, right? Yeah. So, but I'm starting to learn, oh, the sound, live sound engineers are loving this thing. I need to start talking to them. What type of events can you it. go to? What type of sound exactly. engineer events can you go to? What kind of podcasting events where there's going to be a sound en- engineers there? What events can there's you go to? There's one here in Denver. There is one coming up here in Denver. In, in October. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Man, look at us. It's like we're going to be at the same event. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to be a wedding DJ, so uh, it, that's how I put myself through college. And um, I handed a microphone to so many drunk people that didn't know how to use it, Right. And you you tell them, hey, keep it about right here, right? Well, they're drinking and they they don't give speeches. So as they're talking, you know, it kind of slowly drifts and drifts and drifts and drifts. And as a sound person, you start bumping the gain, bumping the gain. We need more volume. People can't hear this person. It's getting farther and farther away. Somebody in the back finally goes, we can't hear you. And they go, oh, is this better? And squawk, you know, you get the big feedback. Everybody thinks, oh, this is the, the sound guy. This is the DJ's problem. It's like, no, this is... This is somebody who doesn't know how to use a microphone is trying to use a microphone. So this little guy is adjustable. I'm going to put it up here even farther. Now, if you're a wedding DJ, just go hand it to somebody and say, hey, just keep it at the bottom of your chin here. You know, if this thing's touching and you're not going to notice it, you're not going to see it in the pictures. It's nice and discreet. But if that's not touching the bottom of your chin, then you know you're not in the right position, right? So as an amateur speaker, you can start educating people. Maybe it's not just a, you know, maybe it's not a wedding speech giver, but, you know, somebody at a corporate event who's trying to, um, you know, give a speech for the first time and isn't really um, up on proper microphone etiquette. So there's a lot of different ways you can slice and dice comedians, podcasters, um, visually impaired people. Yeah. Um, which was something that I learned at the first name that I never thought of, right? Like, how do you find a microphone if you if you're not, you know, 
seen properly, right? So yeah. Um, well, and Chad, one final question that I want to to ask you here before before we wrap this up is, you know, you've ha- you've gone through Michigan State, you know, you've been a, a marketer for years. You know, you you know marketing, business strategy, sales strategy, all of these things. What have you found to be the biggest learning curve between marketing for you and your own brand versus marketing for somebody else? Uh, that's a great question, Katie. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I've got nearly 20 years under my belt at this point, and um, you know, you you start off and and you're in the trenches a lot. I think you know, doing things for yourself, and you know, as as most careers go you, the further you get the sometimes the further away from the actual work you get if that makes sense right you you move from oh well i'm i'm putting together a social media plan to you know well now i'm managing the overall strategy somebody else is maybe um you know pushing the buttons on on xyz tactic right so uh when you become an entrepreneur when, you, when when there isn't that team of people or oftentimes let's be frank the funding you know, you can just pay anybody to do all of these things, but when it's just your money coming out of your pocket, you have to kind of get back into the trenches and relearn how to do some of these things. So I think for me, that's been um, something that um, that I've been learning, that I've been trying to improve, um, finding those areas to go, all right, this might be worth me spending a lot of time on or you know, this is something that I'm going to come out of pocket and and speed up the timeline, uh, increase the quality on. Um, so finding what those lines are, are, are have really become, I think, um, a focus of mine and, and something that has been a struggle, I think, sometimes as well. Um, but, you know, as far as you know, coming from representing other people's brands to, you know, representing my own, I think that something that's universal across all of that is authenticity. I think people really crave that. You know, you, you find brands that are just very uniquely theirs and, and it feels like they're not trying too hard or trying to be something that they're not. And I think that's been something that that's really that's something that I found while representing other people's brands and something that I have to constantly tell myself, you know, while representing my own brand, which is how can I make it authentic? And, you know, ready, set show is my um, LLC. You see a little sign back up there and we, you know, we'll have some other products coming out, but what's authentically us is just helping people have their best performance, no matter if they're, you know, a singer or a speech giver or a podcaster. Um, you know, we, we want to take off the, the things that add stress, you know, performing can be a bit of a stress being in front of people can be a bit of a stress. So if we can just add a little bit of, oh, now I don't have to worry about eating the mic at all. I can just, I can close my eyes and be free and know that I'm going to stay in the right position. Um, You know, that's, that's kind of what's authentically us. You know, I'm not a gearhead. I wanted it to be very analog. You know, I'm sure you could probably figure out a way to make this into a, an app. And, you know, some, if I, if I put an air tag on my chin and, you know, figure out if I'm getting too close or far away, it'll buzz in my pocket. You know, I'm sure there's a technological way you could probably do this, but, you know, I think being authentically me is like, let's keep this analog. Let's keep it simple. Um, that, that, that's, that's how I collect gear. That's the kind of gear that I like is very simple, easy to use things. So, um, yeah, love it. I think those are kind of my my themes as as, as I've grown at, from a marketer of other people's products to my own. Well, if people are interested in learning more about the mic trainer, more about you, getting in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do so? 
Uh, well, I have a nice little uh, URL. Just go to MikeTrainer.com slash Chab, and you'll find all of my contact info, our social handles. As a budding and growing business, you know, it, it helps. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're able to follow us on, on the social channels, you know, it's Mike underscore Trainer on Instagram, Mike Trainer on Facebook. You can find us. At, all those links are available at MikeTrainer.com slash Chad. Of course, the purchase helps. Maybe maybe you're not in the, uh, in the market for a Mike Trainer, but you uh, like snarky T-shirts. You can buy these T-shirts on our website. Um, I'm always up for networking. Let's grab a coffee. Let's talk business ideas. You know, keeping that inspiration, the, the good juices flowing are, are really um, important to anybody in, in the entrepreneurial world, as I'm sure you know. So just finding ways to lift each other up. And uh, something that I always ask myself when I'm interacting with another entrepreneur is if I were them, what would I want me to do? And then I always try and do that, right? So, you know, if you're able and think it's a good idea, share it with your network or, you know, share it with a musician friend of yours or, um, you know, any of those things. That's be a good human. Amazing. Well, Chad, thank you so much for joining me on Rocky Mountain Marketing. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Katie. I really, uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.